Get your stats up. And even though the truth hurts, get your facts up. MSL's playing hurt. Get your stats up. Bluff City, Hoop City, facts up. Man, I'm in town balling, and I know Captain Stats. MSL playing hurt. That's my favorite podcast. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, NCAA, and shout out to the local sports as well. From the franchise players to the business personnel, the sports talk heavyweights. Let's start the show. Ring the bell. What is going on out there, people? Welcome to another edition of the Playing Hurt Podcast. With me, CJ Hurt. On the other side of me, I have my man, Drew Barrett. What's up, Drew? Not much, you know. Just got back to school today. Uh, really didn't miss it. Wish I kind of was still down in Florida, chilling on the beach without any responsibilities or worries. Telling you, if money grew on trees, I'd still be there. If money grew on trees, we would all be doing something different. Mm-hmm. Except you and I would still be doing the Playing Hurt yeah, podcast. Yeah, If money grew on trees, I would have flown back here, done the Playing Hurt podcast, and, and I was flew back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense. Well, welcome. Uh, Real quick, some housekeeping notes. Uh, you can follow me at Conradicalness on Twitter and Instagram. Drew, where can they find you? On Twitter, you can find me at dbarrett36. And on Instagram, you can find me at dbarrett1236. And as always, you can feel free to email the show, uh, playinghurtpodcast at gmail.com. But big news, Drew, we didn't get our first email, but we did get our first comment. You guys can also comment on the podcast down up underneath if you would so choose or so like to we got our first comment drew do you have it pulled up do you want to read it uh, i'm about to uh as soon as my computer loads it was beautiful we did was. a podcast on the last podcast we did seems like a month ago because Actually, it, was, it, almost, it was close it was February close because of, because of this the ice storm knocked us uh, off and then drew went out out of town so we took a spring break mm-hmm. so it has been two weeks since we've done a podcast and the last podcast we did, for those who don't know, is was a, a coaching list for if Passner left mm-hmm. Memphis or if Memphis decided to part ways with Josh Passner, coaches who could replace him. And, Drew, read that comment for me. Well, Peter Collin, he said, good list. The ISU assistant and Pearl are great. I'd try to get Cluis from Iona and the Hurley brothers to reunite and leave the Northeast. There it is, right there. See, you comment, you email, you get your name out there. Shout him out Come one on. more time. Peter Collin. Shout out Peter. We love it. Now, with Bruce Pearl doing what he did at Auburn, he's, there's no way he's leaving. He's not leaving. They're not going to let him go anywhere. But, yeah, and but you know what? A lot of those coaches on the list that we came mm-hmm. up with, a lot of them are in the tournament right now. Yeah, they are. Memphis isn't. That's sad. I, th- I thought before the show we, we agreed not to bring it up. No, no. Before the show we agreed not to dwell on it. Oh, not to we, dwell we, on we it. We were okay. going to mention it. We're going to mention it. Uh, okay. Real quick, another comment that we got uh, from the why Memphis should go, why the Big 12 should add Memphis. We got a comment on that too? Yes, we did. Uh, this comes from Big Bob Marley. Uh, the Big, Big Bob? Big 12 should add Central, Central and South Florida. The markets are big, and the Big 12 gets a foothold in the Florida recruiting grounds. UCF and USF would also get more money and exposure to make their program that much better. At that point, they could go to 14 if they want, but I doubt the Big 12 goes past 12. Also, programs will be guaranteed two trips to Texas or one trip to Texas and one trip to Florida each season, which is good for the conference as a whole. Cincinnati and Memphis would be good ads, but they are basketball schools first. The Big 12 is a football-first conference. 
So why add Central and South Florida if you're a football first? I, I mean, you could add Central Florida. I mean, they've been good over the last few years. Uh, South Florida, eh, they had a they've had a season here and there, but I don't I I don't really think they're any type of a school. I no. mean, look at Memphis this year. I mean, technically, the 2014-2015 academic year was a football year. Yeah, ten and three, football. Top twenty-five AP poll at yeah. the end of the year versus eighteen and fourteen, not making any type of postseason play. You're a football school this year. That's just how we are. This this year, but traditionally, mm. it's not it's not going to work that way. Thanks for the comment, Big Bob. Thanks, we Big disagree Bob. wholeheartedly with you, but we love when people comment. So comment down below. Send us an email, uh, playingherpodcast at gmail dot com. Hit us up on Twitter at conradicalness and Drew. D-Bear at 3-6. Gosh, D-Bear at 3-6. I'm going to remember it one day. For a while there, you were in my top five most contacted people. Was I? Yes, before we took two weeks off. Now you're back down to like 20. You're dropping in my rankings, Drew. You're dropping in my rankings. Well. Am I picking up at least in the friend list, though? Am I still buying? You're moving up in the friend list. All right. Well, that's all that matters. I'll I'll drop down in the contacts. You've cracked the top 50 of my all-time friend list, Drew. Yes. Got to love it, man. Got to love it. Now, we are going to talk about. What everybody is talking about, mm-hmm. college basketball. The bracket is out. They announced the turn. They announced the seeds for the tournament and who everybody's going to be playing. So why not give you the right picks? Everybody else is giving you the wrong picks uh-huh. for the right reasons, but the wrong picks nonetheless. We're going to give you the right picks. Definitely, because every year my I I win tons of money and uh, I mean like I won I won Buffett's money last year. I just didn't tell anybody. We didn't want publicity because <laughs> I'm always right. I come in here and Drew's like, hey, you know last year I was perfect on the first day? What? Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy. I went 16-0 and day one. Day two, 7-9. Well, we're not going to. Why would you tell the listeners that, Drew? Gosh. All right, so which region we going to start in? Start in the Midwest, I guess, with okay. the number one overall seed, Kentucky. All right. So here's how we're going to do this, people. Uh, we're going to give you players to watch, games to watch. Mm-hmm. Potential matchups, I guess, would be a better way to phrase it. Best matchups to watch, uh, upsets to watch, and the team that will win the region. We'll do that for all of the regions, man. So tune in, buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Uh, so Midwest, of course, is headlined by a Kentucky team that is still undefeated, mm-hmm. still studly, loaded from top to bottom, nine McDonald's All-Americans. Is there anybody out there who knocks them off? Do you have Kentucky going all the way first? Well, I mean, that'd be a spoiler. Well, well we're not going to spoil anything. So, so are, we, are we at least saying to the, the Elite Eight? Does Kentucky make it past the Elite Eight? Here we go. Does Kentucky make it to the Elite Eight? Yes. Okay. That would mean that they would be, for me, one of the teams that I want to see the most. I want to see West Virginia play. They're a team of mine to watch. Mm. Not necessarily upset, but a team to watch. If you hadn't watched West Virginia, you're in for a treat because they play a full-court press. They press about 40, between 40 and 50% of the time. They're on the court, and they force the action. This is not college basketball where you're sitting back and you're like, okay, when is somebody going to do something mm. important, not pass the ball around the perimeter? No, Kentucky is getting out there, getting into you, and making you play. They lead the nation in turnovers. Nobody has more than 600 total turnovers in the nation mm-hmm. but West Virginia. Really? Yeah. And so if they got a tough first-round matchup and then they run into Kentucky, 
but Kentucky is just too much for them to handle. Because, again, nine McDonald's All-Americans, of those nine, nobody's playing more than 25 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, when you got nine McDonald's All-Americans and they're not, they're barely playing over a half of basketball, that means everybody's fresh. Everybody is just a stud out there. I mean, pretty much playing at 110% every second of every game. Yes. I mean, you've pretty much got five NBA NBA players or five, even five NBA starters on the court for you at all times. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes Kentucky so tough. They're such a tough team to, to match up with, mm. not only offensively but defensively. They're so big and so long. And I was listening to the game. John Harden and I ended up going to uh, Fox and the Hound after Cerrito Live okay. on Saturday. And so I was listening to the game, the Kentucky-Auburn game, mm. And it was one of the reporters went down on the floor. And they're like, yo, we got our reporter in the tunnel of the locker room. Why are you down there? He's like, well, I just came down here to see the true size differential between Kentucky and Auburn. And he said that, you know, standing where he stood, you couldn't see an Auburn player. You couldn't see the basketball until it was shot. So you see the ball go up in the air, and you just see Kentucky players moving. That's how big Kentucky is. They dwarfed Auburn. But, yeah, you know, it's going to be good to see Kentucky get all, all the way there and see if anybody can knock them off. You got a player to watch? I mean, pretty much like we've said, though, I mean, really the only players you need to watch are Kentucky because – and there's not a specific one. I mean, they're all nine McDonald's All-Americans. They're all just phenomenal basketball players. Um, I mean, you really can't say, yeah, a couple are a little bit better than others, but the fact is that they're all going to probably get drafted. Yeah. They all will be drafted. At, at some point in time. If not this year, next Conley year. Stow, Anthony Towns, the Harris Twins, uh, Booker, yeah. who can shoot, you know, all of those guys. I'm leaving a bunch out, but that's just how loaded they are. All of those guys will be drafted yeah. at some point in time whenever they decide to leave. I don't know if it'll be necessarily lottery picks, mm-hmm. but they'll all be drafted. Uh, players I got to watch, I figured, I don't know, our listeners might want something a little different. And everybody's talking about Kentucky. Yeah. So I, I went the non-Kentucky route. I went with uh, Mellow Trimble. Not like people aren't talking about Mellow Trimble, but he plays for Maryland, freshman guard, mm. one of the best guards in the nation, one of the best freshmen in the nation. He He's a straight stud. He leads the team in almost every category. And you'll get – it's a joy to watch him play. Teams struggle off uh, – teams struggle defensively to stop him offensively. And he's just getting after it, making big shots, making big plays. Great player to watch. Another player to keep an eye on for a different reason, though. Perry Ellis for Kansas. He's Jayhawk's best player when he's healthy. He's got a brace on that knee. He it, he doesn't look the same. And for a Jayhawks team that struggles to score the ball inside, they need Ellis to to be who he was earlier in the year. And with that that knee brace on saw him play against Iowa State he just didn't get up and down the court the same way and more importantly he didn't make the same types of moves that he was making throughout the year mm. so those are my two to watch uh, which which that Kansas uh, brings up seamlessly uh, upsets to watch you got anybody or a sleeper pick out of that region out of this region the only real team that I've got uh, picked is I've got I've got Texas over Butler and 
it's not that I don't respect Butler because yeah. I do. They're they're a phenomenal basketball team. They play great team basketball. They all play very well together. I just think Texas is just too big down low. They've got uh they've got they definitely have got almost a foot on on Butler. Right. They are they play very good in the paint and I just think that that's just going to create more trouble for Butler. And yeah. I think the Texas can possibly pull off that 11 over 6. I think Butler is is one of the truly great stories of the year. Mm-hmm. As far as what Chris Holtman was able to do with that basketball team after Brad Stevens left, after uh, a coach decided he needed to take a break, Holtman stepped in there and became the interim coach. Mm-hmm. He's now the the full time coach. He's now head coach, not interim. Get that out of here. Head coach because of what he was able to do with this Butler team, who lost two coaches, two good coaches, quality coaches, and he steps in there and fills in nicely and does something special with them. And so I like I like Butler because I like that story. I'm a, I'm a feel good kind of guy. Upset for I mean, me. I mean, lo- I love feel good stories. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just I just definitely if I have to pick one out of that um, out of that region, it's probably going to be the 11 over six Texas over Butler. Okay, uh, for me, it will be Wichita State over Kansas, and you know everybody. This is something else everybody's talking about is the fact that Kansas won't play Wichita State because Kansas has no reason to play Wichita State, and Wichita State's kind of miffed at the fact Kansas won't play them. Mm. And so they're going to come out extra, extra motivated. Listen here, people. Let me explain something to you. You're in the NCAA tournament. You're playing for a championship. Yeah. That is the only motivation that most people need. There is there is no extra motivation. There is no, hey, we don't like this team type of situation going on there. There is no, you won't play us, well, we're going to show you type of thing going on there. There is a, we're, we want a championship, and we're going to beat whomever is in our way, whether that's a Jayhawk or a Fighting Irishman or a Terrapin or a Cardinal. We are going to do whatever we have to do to win a championship, and that's, I think the mentality Wichita State is going to have. So I think that we as fans and as media members will play up the fact that these two are in state and they should be rivals because they're both pretty good. But for Wichita State and Kansas, I don't think they want to show anybody anything. I think they want to just win a championship. And with Ellis being down and really struggling, I think that leaves the door wide open for Wichita State to come in there and take care of business. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've got Wichita State. <clears throat> beating Kansas in the second round. Um, I just think that that might be – the Sweet 16 might be the furthest they go. Okay. Uh, I really like what Notre Dame has been able to do, especially uh, in the um, ACC tur- – Yeah, it's, a- it's ACC. I All forget. this conference realignment, man, I know, it, just it throws everybody off. ACC tournament. Um, here, let me get some numbers pulled up real quick. Uh, they've got very good they, – they've – Figured out how to score the ball. They got uh, Grant, who's scoring 16.8 um, points per game. Yeah. Uh, I still can't figure out how to say this guy's name. I've heard it a thousand times, but it just uh, that so, that so brings me if, to <laughs> if I if I mess it up, I'm sorry. Cannot Cannotton Cannotton. Don't don't ask me. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with Cannotton. He's your player to watch. I know. Um, he's scoring 12.8. Um, and. Fun fact: He he's a minor league pitcher for the for, ba- who? for the Baltimore Orioles, my favorite uh, major league team. So I've always got a root for any fellow Oriole. But I I like how they've been playing basketball. I think that they're they've gotten hot. 
at the right time this season, and they're just going to carry that momentum uh, over. And I think that they have a that they might have the best chance to beat Kentucky out of out of that region. Out of that region, okay. You and think then, so? Yeah, I do. Because I feel if one you're playing Northeast, who a 14 seed. I mean, that's you're just going to blow through them. Then you got Texas. Get by them. Then you play Wichita State, and if they beat Kansas, there there might be a lot of people's favorite in that in that region, depending on how well Kentucky does against uh, Manhattan or Purdue or Maryland, West Virginia, whoever you've got in that uh, Sweet 16 game. So if they can get past Wichita State, I definitely think that's going to be plenty enough momentum. Yeah, that could possibly carry them past Kentucky. Okay. That's a big if, though. I mean, Kentucky's just that good. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I mean, So, do you got Kentucky one in the region? I do. You do? Um, I mean, unfortunately. But so, who would they play in the Elite Eight? In the Elite Eight, I have them uh, I have them playing Notre Dame. Okay. And knocking off, and then falling to Notre or knocking off Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is, remember that upset I was telling you about? Yeah. That here it is right here. I got Wichita State in the Final Four. All the way? All the way in the Final Four. I got them uh, facing Kentucky and knocking them off. You know, people forget that this Wichita State team. That would be a story, though. They were undefeated. It, it shouldn't be. They were undefeated last year going into yeah. the tournament. And then they played Kentucky. They played an eight-seed Kentucky team See, now that, that knocked them off in the second round. That would be had, great, And that, that, was, that was the thing. That was the big hubbub. Uh-huh. First off, why was Kentucky seeded eight? at the time and then second off why would you do that to Wichita State make yeah. them play a team like Kentucky and so that that was that uh, issue right there last year but the year before that Wichita State went to the final four yeah. and they returned four players who played significant minutes on that final four team so they've, they've got experience not only and in that year they were a low seed mm-hmm. team that made it to the final four so they have experience being the hunter and the hunted they understand the difference in mentalities. They know what they need to do to win games. They only lost four games this year. Wichita State, I'm telling you people, be on, keep an eye out for this team because they are a good defensive team. Ron Baker is back mm-hmm. playing well. I just like Wichita State out of this region. Yeah, I mean, it was a big decision for me to go with the Fighting Irish over the Shockers. Um, you know, I would love for that to be – that would be a great storyline. You know, to they Kentucky ruined our – perfect season last year hey let's go back and get them. that'll be wonderful let's just get them right now that'll be wonderful and storylines will be wichita state beats in state should be rival uh-huh. then they knock off team that ruined their undefeated season it would be great i, I love mean, it that's just a media person's dream right there. i mean a news newspaper writer's dream right there yes it is i mean i bet just when these braggins came out they looked at wichita state and could just see the headlines in their head yeah oh of course of course and that's probably why the committee did it the way the committee did it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to move on to the next region. Which region is up next, Drew? Uh, we'll go We'll go straight down the bracket. We'll go down to the west. West side? All right. Throw it up. <laughs> Don't throw that up. That's how people get hurt, Drew. I threw up the shocker sign. No, <laughs> this is a family program. We can't talk about that sign. I, it, they do it in basketball games. They no, they don't. Right. No, yeah, they don't. Yes, they do. Do they really? You've never seen the though no. Wichita State student section just throwing out the shocker. No, never seen it. 
Oh my gosh! YouTube it right now. You I'm not YouTubing that. Yeah, I mean, don't just put the shock. On <laughs> You're gonna get a bunch of weird stuff you don't want to ever unsee. Drew's trying to get me to download stuff that gives I'm me not, viruses no, on my no, computer. No, Let's go to I'm this. a very wholesome man. Okay. Oh, whatever. I'm a wholesome man. Okay. I know they might not. I know on the airways. I'm a wholesome <laughs> man. I try my best. Okay. Okay. Let's go to the West Region. Uh, are there any matchups here that you're looking forward to seeing, or any teams in general you're looking forward yeah. to seeing play? A uh, big matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing, not in the first round. I'm really looking forward to seeing Arkansas versus North Carolina in that round of 32. Um, I think Mike Anderson has finally turned the corner with his Arkansas program. You know, last year uh, at home, they were one of the best home teams ever. Mm-hmm but just flat-out stunk on the road. And that was the way it was the year before that with Mike Anderson, too. He couldn't figure out how to win on the road. He's finally put it together. He's finally figured out how to coach these teams on the road and at home, and I think that's going to be very helpful going up against Roy Williams, Tar Heels, um, who everybody at least saw once play in that phenomenal overtime game against Duke. Yep. earlier in the year. So that's a matchup I'm really looking forward to seeing. That's a 5-4 matchup, you know, right where the committee wants it to be. Yeah. So that's the one out of this region that I just can't wait to watch. And against probably most people who would have North Carolina in that next game, I'm taking the Hawks. You are? I'm going Woo Pig Suey on this one, buddy. Oh, okay. All right. I, I just I like what Marcus Page brings to the Tar Heels. Mm. He's he is a a clutch guard. He's a guard with experience. He's a junior, and that's that's what tournaments are about. Upperclassmen, especially point guards. But but we've seen plays. that he can be shut down before. Yeah. Yes, we we've have. But we that. we've also seen him Rise make up. plays to win games. That is true. So I just I think he is a difference maker. I think he would be. A little bit much for Arkansas in this in this potential matchup. Mm. I guess for me, the matchup I'm most excited about seeing, I, you know, all of my matchups are are what ifs, but the team like what if this team wins, this team loses, yeah. that type of stuff right there. So a rematch between Wisconsin and Arizona in the Elite Eight because they played last year and the mm. roles were reversed. Yeah. Arizona was one, Wisconsin was two. Wisconsin won this year in the West. Wisconsin is one. Arizona is two. So them playing again, mm. that would be a matchup I'd be interested in seeing. But the team I'm most interested in seeing, I really want to see Oregon play. I didn't get to see them play enough. I saw them play a couple of games. Well, I mean, you never do. They're always on the oh on the west gosh. side. We're in Central Time Zone. Now, I got to I got to stay up late. I know. I got to be up early in the morning. It is dreadful, man, trying to watch a West Coast game. Like, oh my gosh! But when I see them play, it is exciting because, again, similar to West Virginia, mm-hmm. they force the action. They don't do it on defense; they do it on offense. Led by Mighty Joe Young, Pac-12 Player of the Year. I thought it should have went to Dolan Wright, but that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> Joe Young is out there, and he is an offensive weapon to say the least. He's he led the Pac-12 in scoring with twenty point two points per game. That's good for thirteenth in the nation. They, they're upbeat. They're going. They're going constantly. They're going to take the first open shot they see. There's none of this pass the ball around the perimeter for a couple of seconds yeah. and then look to score. Whoever has the shot is going to take the shot. 
If they don't have the shot, they're looking to cre- to create for somebody who does have a shot. And so when they get up there and they're going to play, hopefully they'll play Wisconsin. I'm looking forward to that matchup also. Cause that's, hopefully. You think Wisconsin's going to lose to Coastal Carolina? Who does Oregon play? Oklahoma State. That's, that's the matchup I'm concerned about. Because mm. coming out of that Big 12 conference, say what you want to, I know they had a losing conference record. That Big 12 is loaded. It is. That is a tough conference to play in. I I would say Big 12 is probably the second-best college basketball conference this year behind the uh, ACC. I have them as best in ACC second. Really? Over Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame? Yeah, because you're naming teams. I can go – I can throw Kansas, Iowa State, West Virginia. uh, You can – Oklahoma. You can throw Texas in there as well. Like, the only bad teams in the Big 12 (laughs) – might have been Kansas State. Texas Tech. And Texas Tech, forgive me. The other eight, mm-hmm. solid. Even TCU, solid. Real good. And so, you know, I think coming out of that conference, Texas, ha- not Texas, Oklahoma State has played competitive basketball. Yeah. And they, they know how to handle themselves. And we here in Memphis got to see that firsthand. Oh, I yeah. Mean, we terribly got Forgot- to see I didn't even I didn't even say Baylor. Yeah. A team who's we got to see that team firsthand too. Just throw the ball up in the air. Mm-hmm. This just Baylor plays basketball. I know we're getting off topic here. I can't wait till we get to Baylor's region. Well, we're, uh, we're in Baylor's region. Are we we're in, in the West? We're so in the West. We're well, not off listen, topic. Baylor or plays West. basketball, sort of like hockey players play hockey, in that they just throw the ball at the goal mm-hmm. and good things happen. They they're rebounding the ball at near offensively offensive rebound percentage near fifty percent. That means half of the time they shoot the ball, they're getting their own rebound. They just hurl the ball at the goal, and then they go get the offensive rebound. That's the best offense Baylor has. Mm. And it's great when you can go up there and get the ball, and usually they can. And so they get up there, they get the ball, they get buckets. And that's why I think Oregon, I say hopefully I get to see Oregon versus Wisconsin. Mm. Although Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State will be a good one too. I mean, it's going to be a good matchup either way. I think the way Oregon plays would be much more appealing to the not everyday fan, college basketball fan, right. because of the way that they play. And that's one of the biggest knocks on college basketball, and it always has been, is, you know, the game, it's too slow. You know, before the shot clock, people, teams used to hold it for five minutes if, if bad, they could. Bad teams, gimmick teams would do that. If you if you got quality players, mm. usually you look to score. I mean, I've if, seen if, old games back from back from the eighties. I mean, where I mean, this is like NCAA tournament, like yeah. Final Four, Elite Eight games. You're up by five. There's four minutes left to go. You don't have to shoot the ball again, right? So that's always been a knock on college basketball. And I feel like if a team like Oregon that is fast paced, or a team like West Virginia who's also fast paced, can make a run. I really think that might be able to bring in the NBA fan who likes the faster pace game, who likes the more scoring, uh, and hopefully create a more buzz for the tournament. It's not only about a faster pace. It's about general quality. Yeah, You can play slow basketball but have a good quality product. Mm-hmm. Virginia, Wisconsin, they slow it down, but it's quality. It's a very good product. It's a very place. good product. I watch Green Bay and uh, Val State play. Mm. That was miserable. Oh, they were just turning the ball over left and right. I didn't know what type of pace they were playing at. 
But, you know, Valpo State got into the tournament because they wanted the conference. And, you know, kudos to them for that. But it's just a difference in in quality of product. It's 345 college basketball teams at least. Yeah. At least. Division one. D- D1. So, of course, you're going to have bad teams yeah. in there. That's just the nature of things. It's just going to be some be bad teams. Forty-five great teams. No, it can't be. It can't be. Who do you got winning the West? Winning the West, I've got. Because that's going to be a great team. Whoever wins, it, that. it will be. I've got. I've got Wisconsin uh, going against Baylor. Like you said, I think uh, Baylor is a great team. They rebound the ball very efficiently. Uh, gathers their uh, leading rebounder. Uh, averages eleven point six rebounds a game. Um, I like Baylor more than I like Arizona. Um, maybe it's because I've watched Baylor more. Okay. Um, you know, I might be a little biased just because I've seen them play a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think that that Baylor team and that rebounding, those second-chance shots uh, will come up big, especially in tournament play. Uh, and I think that's what's going to get them past Arizona. But I just don't see them getting past that talented Wisconsin team. So I'm going to have to take Wisconsin – even though I always hate taking high seeded teams because the, the there's only one time. I mean, you can't take just all the number ones. There's been one time in the history of college basketball where all four number one seeds have gone, and we all know that was 2008 with Memphis in the Final Four. So I hate picking two number ones. Let yeah. me, I mean, so but you just I just don't see a matchup where Wisconsin doesn't look like the favorite. Yeah, I think two number ones have been picked, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Thirteen have been picked, have been, have made it to the Final Four 13 times, and three ones have made it 14 times. Mm. So that's that's your magic number. Um, but yeah, I got I got Arizona <laughs> in that in that matchup with uh, Wisconsin mm. with the Baylor matchup. I think Arizona's just too big with uh, Tarchetsky and Ristic out there, two mm. legit seven footers out there at a time. You know, they got a 6'10 cat out there as well. These guys are big, long, athletic. And, you know, I think that Arizona, this is their year to get to the Final Four. They're ready. This is the first time they've won the Pac-12 conference since 2002. Yeah. So, you know, they led the Pac-12 in scoring. They're third in the nation in scoring margin. Mm. Uh, Three losses, only three losses on the year. They've handled everybody they've played. I I just really like uh, what Arizona can do, and then in a potential matchup with Wisconsin, with those two seven footers, uh-huh. they'll be able to th- throw him out there at Kaminsky. Really, I think agitate him, throw him off his game a little bit, or just enough to where Wisconsin has to find a way to to make a play, and nobody else, with the exception of Decker, who is one of my players to watch in the region. Can, can you can throw Kaminsky off his game though? Have, have you seen? I've never <clears throat> seen that man have a, a, a bad, bad game. game. Neither have I. So, and so is there some is there a matchup out there that can actually do that? Throw him off his game to where this, he's not the leader of that Wisconsin team? No, let me rephrase, throw him off that game. Slow him down oh, enough. No. You can't stop him. You can only hope no. to contain him. Mm. And contain him enough to where even with the help of his uh Robin Decker, mm. like there's nothing that they can do. And it will be a close game, it'll be a knockdown, drag him out type game. But in the end I, I like Arizona. Uh and again, Player to watch, which we skipped, uh, <laughs> Sam Decker okay. for Wisconsin. He gets lost in the shuffle with Kaminsky because mm-hmm. Kaminsky is so good. 
But Sam Decker has some nasty to him, people. He is big. He is fast. He is quick. He is athletic. He's second in the team in points and rebounds. Um, and he's he's just great. As a wing player, mm-hmm. that's the type of player you want. If Kaminsky wasn't there, Decker would be getting a lot of headlines because he's that good. Yeah. I, I would personally go with uh, Kaminsky, but uh, I'm going to – I'm gonna pick somebody else. I'm a like I told y'all earlier. I I actually uh, am looking for Arkansas to make it to the Sweet 16. So I'm gonna go with uh, Portis. Uh, he's averaging 17.5 uh, points uh, a game. He's leading the team in both points and uh, rebounds 8.6. I've seen this man make a lot of highlight plays, mm-hmm. and I think adding the NCAA stage, he he'll his game will only improve. Uh. I can see that. It needs to improve if uh, Arkansas is going to get there. Yeah. If Arkansas is going to continue to advance through this tournament, he and Qualls will have to you know, play better than yeah. they played in the SEC tournament. They're both going to have to have phenomenal games to get to not only get uh, to, to get to the Sweet 16, especially over in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I have this one, this player in there also, mm-hmm. but with the, with the asterisks because he's in a play-in game. And that's not really the tournament to me. No, it's not. So he's got to get into the tournament. <laughs> Tyler Halls of BYU. Kick and flat out score. Mm. We like scoring on this podcast. Of course. We do. We do defense wins championships, but scoring gets your name mentioned on the Playing Hurt podcast. Scoring mate gets top 10. Right. T- Tyler Halls, 21.9 points per game. That's yeah. good for fourth Ain't in the nation. Shady. Second amongst any other player in the uh, NCAA tournament. And you just look at some of the things he was able to do this year with the scoring. You see him 28-28. He dropped 32 on Purdue, who's in the tournament. He dropped 23 on Utah that's in the tournament. He has a decent field goal for shooting percentage. And BYU, another one of those up-tempo teams, they're going to get up and down the court and get him the ball. Mm. So keep an eye out for him. If if BYU gets past Ole Miss, <laughs> I do believe that's the playing game. It is. If they get by Ole Miss, be careful because that team might start rolling. So uh, here's the thing. Do we have to talk about Ole Miss? If you want to. I don't really want to. No. I was just saying, do we have to? No. You know, regional teams. No. Stuff like that. No. Okay. I don't know how they got in, but they're in. There, I don't so. either. I mean, I mean tech, and technically they're not in. They're in a playing game. So that's fine, technically, I guess. I mean, I just don't see uh, how them at number where they, I think they are, they are ranked, they're one, two, three, four, six in the SEC. Uh, the team above them, Texas A&M, who had the exact same number of wins, uh, one less loss, um, isn't in the tournament. Yeah. Vanderbilt, one less loss, one or one less win, one more loss. You know, right there, uh, they're in the NIT. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm pretty sh- sure Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt beat uh, Ole Miss back on March seventh. And let's see, they play again. No, it's the only time that Vanderbilt and Ole Miss matched up. Uh, Ole Miss lost that game. Ole Miss, um, did they? They did not play Texas A&M though, so you really don't have a comparison on that one. So I don't really see how they got in either. Yeah, I mean, but I, I can I can kind of see LSU. I can see Arkansas. I can see Kentucky. Georgia's kind of a stretch, but I I don't see Ole Miss. I don't. They've had they've had some phenomenal games. They took Kentucky to overtime, lost eighty nine to eighty six. They did beat Arkansas. That was a great uh, RPI uh, top RPI fifty uh, win. 
Oh, they did beat Texas A&M, 69-59. Um, so I guess they do have a couple of those RPI top 50 wins. Yeah. But they've also got – they don't – I just don't see it, you know. Yeah. And it's not that I'm just an Ole Miss hater. I just – I'm trying to look at this as neutral as possible. Yeah. They did beat Creighton back earlier in the year when Creighton was number 23, so – They've but that had, this isn't college football where that no. matters. Where's where did Creighton end up? Creighton didn't end up number twenty three. No. So you know that's that's just what it is. They're mm-hmm. in there. Hotty toddy, gosh almighty, good job, Rebels. Congratulations, Hottie, toddy, gosh almighty. When you finally gonna beat somebody? <laughs> that's one right. of my favorite chances. I was like in fourth grade. Nice. Mess with y'all. Nice. Next <laughs> next region. What's what's the next region? Uh, let me get back on. Let's that. go south. South, we're going south. We're going to go to the south, to the dirty, dirty. Uh-oh. Uh, matchup most looking forward to seeing would be? Um, I'll tell you mine. All right. Yeah, you go first. I, I, had, I had some trouble with this region. It's not not really the my Elite Eight teams, but yeah. pretty much the rest of the field. Utah and Eastern Washington. I, I have Eastern Washington upsetting Georgetown. Uh-huh. And I look forward to watching this Eastern Washington team play. They they lead the nation in scoring. They know I I like I, I like never, the scoring. I, I don't when I think of Eastern Washington, I don't think of basketball. I think of that red. Uh, or isn't Eastern Washington the ones with the red field? Yeah. God, the thing's ugly. Yeah, yeah. Well, not as ugly as the blue field, but you know I like it. It's a we, little bit we, different. We already bashed on on uh, Boise State one time. This yes, we did, this and year. we and I offered an apology. I do believe a formal apology. Yes, did, I did. Was that on take one or take two? Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We don't know. I don't know. We don't have time for me to formally apologize to them today, but let me – we'll figure it out, and then I'll formally apologize next podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the game, first off, the first round – second round, whatever round it first is. First round. Round of oh, six, my I, gosh. The round of have, 64. Just say round of 64. The that round of no 60 freaking four is in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Eastern Washington is right up the street from Portland. Yeah, there it is. Same state. There it is. So when you look at it, uh, they get Georgetown. Georgetown flying across country. It's a good Georgetown team. Not not one of the legendary teams, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a good team. They did a real good job this year. I just think Eastern Washington pulls it out, man. They get that upset, and then it sets up. Them matching up with one of my favorite college basketball players, mm-hmm. uh, Dorlin Wright. And I just really thought he should have won the uh, – Dolan Wright, excuse me. He should have won the Pac-12 Player of the Year award. He's averaging damn near 15-5-5, five and five, and that is good no matter who you are, mm-hmm. especially in college. And he does everything for that team. He'll bring the ball up the court. He'll guard the other team's best perimeter defender. He's relied upon the score. I just like everything he brings to the table. And so that matchup right there with a team as explosive as Eastern Washington, with a player as solid and all the, all the way, you know, complete mm-hmm. as right, I think that's a great matchup. I'm also looking forward to seeing SMU uh, take on UCLA. UCLA. Because, again, another team who you wonder, how did you get here? With UCLA? Yes. And UCLA might knock off him, SMU. Maybe. I, I don't see it, Nick. I mean, Marcus Kennedy, uh, Nick Moore, they're two phenomenal basketball players. Nick Moore, who is probably my most hated 
<laughs> college basketball player. I just hate that dude. The way the way he plays, he plays dirty for one. He plays scrappy, dirty little basketball, and it just it just makes me mad. Yeah, I mean, he, he almost reminds me of a Joe Jackson who plays as dirty as possible. Because <laughs> he's got the same size, he's got the same speed, he's got a lot of the same skill set. But if Joe Jackson would have played the game as dirty as possible, him and Nick Moore would have been the exact same people. Okay. Well, I don't have UCLA pulling off that upset. I, I have it as a game to watch, though. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you got anything you're interested in seeing? <sighs> Games to watch. Um, you know, I've. I don't know. It, it's just this whole. Region has the the clear cut two favorites. I think. I know you might disagree with me on, on, I, on a couple. I, I, I know, do. but we'll get there. We'll get to that bridge when we cross it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's that's the expression. <laughs> <laughs> there I go, making more mistakes. Um, you know, San Diego State, St. John's. That could be a possible good match. I've seen San Diego State and St. John's play. Uh, I think San Diego State is a little bit better of a team, so I like them. Um, you know it. Utah and Stephen F. Austin. You know, I called the Stephen F. Austin upset last year, so you're going to just ride with it. Why not? Why not? I that, saw that would play. hurt I, my soul if Utah didn't get to the sec to the to the round of thirty two. Well, you know, Stephen F. Austin, they kind of hold a hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> they uh I for one, I was very proud of myself for calling that upset uh last year. And they were also the first game I ever got to do play by play for. So I as a young journalism student, it was the first game I ever got to uh, do play-by-play for WMR. Nice. So, you know, they kind of have a special place in my heart than than darn lumber, Lumberjacks. So, I, do I think they they can honestly pull it off? Probably not. But would I like to see them too? Yes. And if, gun to my head, I'm picking Utah. Okay. On my bracket, just for fun, I'm going to pick Stephen F. Austin. Understandable. Yeah. Somebody is it always somebody has to lose in that five twelve matchup. Yeah, I somebody mean, has to because that's when the right there is when the upsets that, in the first round start. That to happen. is where upsets happen. I mean, the twelve seed is five hundred over the past five years against the five seed. I mean, they're literally ten and ten. Yeah. So if you're looking at these five twelve matchups, you got Arkansas, uh, Walford, Walford. Walford uh, Utah, Stephen F. Austin. You've got uh, uh, Northern Iowa versus Wyoming and West Virginia Buffalo. And out of those two, the two that I think that could actually possibly pull it off would be Buffalo and Stephen F. Austin. So if you're going to go for that 50-50 shot, I'd take Buffalo and Stephen F. Austin. Uh, I didn't pick a 5-12 upset. But if I were to, it would be, even though I do believe, uh, never mind, Wolford, Arkansas. I would pick Wolford over Arkansas. That's that's who I would pick if a gun was held to my head and I had to pick one to be upset. That's See, who I would that's pick. That's only one. It's a 50-50. So who, who would the other one be? Oh, my gosh. Just because of the name on the jersey, Northern Iowa, Wyoming. You're going to take Wyoming over Northern Iowa? Yeah. No, I was a very... Very good Solid basketball team. team. They haven't given up more than 60 points. They've given it up only twice this year. Mm-hmm. Since the year turned 2015, they've only given up 60 points twice on the year. They are defensively sound. Yes. 
And that's why I mentioned their coach as a possible replacement for Josh Passner. Listen to that other podcast, folks. Uh, but yeah, they're just 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 because of the names on the jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, a power five team will lose to a twelve seed. And if you give me a, a group of power five teams and then one team outside of the power five matched up with a twelve seed, mm-hmm. I'll take that team outside the power five matched up with a twelve seed. Okay. That's that's just my logic. I like the big boys. That's just me though. Yeah. Well, uh, let's you, go back to the South. So I I, I kind of the more you sat here and talked to me about uh Eastern Washington, the more I kinda like that game. Because looking over Georgetown's uh stats here and games they've played, uh, there it is. Um, you know, they got against especially tournament teams, they uh they got swept by Xavier, who's a six seed. Uh, they split with St. John's. Um, they split with Villanova. They were swept by Providence. Uh, they did beat Indiana. They lost to Kansas, lost to Butler, lost to Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all their tournament teams, but I, I just don't like it when you get swept by both Providence and Xavier. Yeah, which are both six seeds, and you're the number four, right? That doesn't really add up to me. <laughs> if if you if you're zero and four against two six seeds, why are you higher than them? I don't know. Can many not look we, at we, that little uh, little stat that well, I pulled up in five seconds on my computer? <laughs> we'll have to ask the committee members why. Why Georgetown, a team that is one and five against RPI top twenty five and four ten against RPI top fifty. Mm-hmm. And only eight and ten against RPI top hundred. How they got a four seed? That that understand. is something that has to be that the committee has to answer. Can we get a committee member on? We'll have to try. All right. We'll have to try. But yeah, so that's I'm telling you, that's that's that upset mm-hmm. right there. And, and I've really, I'm really the more that you talked me into because I mean I had no idea about uh, Eastern uh, Washington, you know. <laughs> Like I said, the only reason I even knew the name was because of the darn blue tarp, uh, red tarp. Right. Um, but the more you've said here, the more you've convinced me. And I'm almost about to have Stephen F. Austin play uh, Eastern Washington. That would be awesome. That would be. That would be great. 12 versus 13. One of them is going to be playing the number one seed, Duke. Yeah. Well, let's hop right to it. Who you got winning the the region? Region, I've got Gonzaga, who we haven't gotten to talk about. Well, we're going to uh, talk about him right now. Yeah, Gonzaga, um, you know, um, they against tournament teams this year, they beat uh, SMU, they beat Georgia, they beat St. John's, they lost Arizona by three, beat UCLA, uh, beat BYU, if you can call BYU a tournament team yet. No. So, okay, so we're not going to even throw that one out there. And we all know how well they played against Memphis. Uh, just a team percentages, team uh, stats here. They are number one in the country in field goal possessions, uh, field goal percentage, uh, sixth overall in assists, thirty overall in rebounds, and ten overall in points per game. Those are some pretty good stats. Real good. I mean, very, very good. Um, Gonzaga as a program is nineteen and seventeen in the tournament, and that's that's the issue right there. Yeah. That's why I have pause about them because no matter how good they are, they always seem to leave about a round or two too early. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Who was that player back in the day? Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. 
Adam Morrison, man. Oh, mustache, long hair, Adam Morrison. He was straight hippie, boy, man. That boy was a player, but they got knocked out pretty early in that year. Yeah. And they were supposed to be at least the Sweet 16 Elite I th- Eight. I man. think they, they were supposed to be a Final Four championship type <laughs> team and got knocked out in the Sweet yeah. 16. Uh, that was the year Memphis lost to UCLA? I don't know. It was either UCLA or Ohio State in the Elite Eight. I think it was UCLA because it was – a little short dude for UCLA back in the day. He played for the Lakers for a little bit. I know. It looked know. like a leprechaun. Farrakhan? Farrakhan. That's okay. it. That's it. That was back in uh, 06. Okay. Yeah. Uh, team I got winning it. I got Iowa State. And I just think that Iowa State is, they're mentally, they have the mental fortitude to handle any type of adversity mm. and to get through anything. They've, they've been down by double digits. They have five consecutive wins. Where they've come back from double digits. Yeah. They came back from down 17 against Kansas in the Big 12 championship. They're tough to defend. They average 78.4 points per game. They're just stellar all the way around. They create matchup problems for anybody who tries to get out there and guard them. And I just think that in this region, with the exception of Duke, there's nobody who can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And even with Duke, it, Duke will have to try and outscore them. Duke's defense is not stellar. No. By any stretch of the imagination. It's not bad, but it's not great. Oh, Iowa State will expose them mm. for what they are. And that's a subpar team defensively. And and Iowa State, unlike maybe Wisconsin earlier in the year, Iowa State has more than one weapon. Mm. It's not just Kaminsky and Decker. It is three or four different players for the Cyclones who can go out there and get buckets. And so with that being said, I, I got Iowa State winning that region. Yeah, I pretty much – Depending on which one of us is right, it, our our south uh, our south region comes down in that Sweet Sixteen matchup yeah. if both Gonzaga and <clears throat> Iowa State make it. Right. So it won't be till March twenty sixth or March twenty seventh till you find out I was right. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to our last region, the East region. I'm gonna just hop into this real quick. I love Montrez Harrell. I love what he's done to his game. Mm-hmm. He's added a mid-range jump shot that is that still needs to be perfected, but it's good enough to make you respect them or respect him. And, again, he's just the heart and soul of that Louisville team. For me, I'm, I look forward to watching him play. Um, how about for you? Player to watch? Yeah. Oh, I haven't picked a player to watch yet. I, that was the one region I haven't decided yet. Um, but... I can talk teams though. Go ahead. Um, in the East, uh, let me goodness gracious find my bracket. I mean, here. the East is loaded. Villanova, Villanova, Northern. Got- we talked about Northern Iowa. Uh-huh. That's a team to keep an eye on right there. Defensively, they are one of the best in the nation. Uh, Louisville, Providence. You throw them out there. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. another one of those teams from the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. That, and then you got Virginia. And. That's you know who I kind of have winning that region. I have, I I'm just gonna go ahead and jump forward. I got Virginia uh, playing Villanova in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Um, I definitely I like Virginia. Um, they're the exact opposite of of Oregon. They're a very slow pace, methodical team. Um, but they're very efficient. You know. Um, they're right there with Wisconsin in, yeah. in terms of efficiency. One of the most efficient offensive teams they, they, in the nation. Mm. Uh, you got to, you got to love Uber. Yeah, they might take a while to score. Oh, they, but they're going to no score. They're going to they are going to take a while to score. Yeah. But they, like you said, they will score. 
and a potential matchup with Michigan State, where Michigan State last year knocked them out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's something interesting to keep an eye on. But I just don't think this Michigan State team has enough no. to to knock Virginia off. And I actually have them getting upset, technically speaking, by Georgia in the first round. Tom Izzo's that, team. That was one of the biggest uh, picks I had to take. I mean, that picking I picked Michigan State, but I that that's probably one that took me over twenty minutes to pick. Yeah, because I just kept going back and forth, back and forth, because I just don't have enough faith in either one. Tom Izzo's teams don't do well when they're rate when they're seated this low. They usually leave first round, and again, I just don't. I know since they they pit uh, Tum Tum, my man Tum Tum. If I wasn't a Michigan fan, I'd love me some Tum Tum, boy. But they put Tum Tum into the starting lineup, and that kind of gave them a shot of life, mm. the Spartans. And you got Valentine out there able to do a little bit. But it's just they just don't have enough, and it doesn't feel like or look like one of those powerful Michigan State yeah. Spartan teams. It's not the same Michigan State team that we're used to seeing. No. So here's the question. So since we are in the East bracket, yeah, the only team from the state of Tennessee – to be in the tournament, Belmont Bruins. Do Shout they? Out. I mean, put a percentage percentage on it. Zero. How like zero? Zero. Zero. You're not even gonna give them a half percent. No. Can't. Uh, uh, but, they're but not you know, gonna you help represent the great can't. state of Tennessee. No, they're not. You can't give anybody a zero percent chance of anything <laughs> when it comes to sports. Uh, so what? Fifteen. You give them a fifteen percent chance to win. Yeah, fifteen. To to win it all? No, to win just just to be Virginia. Yeah, fifteen. Why not? Who cares? I was gonna say like four. <laughs> and I love this state. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's that's the difference in mid major, legit mid major, mm-hmm. power major, and power five. Yeah. Like I worked that power major reference I in like there. That. All right, playing hurt. Yeah. Love it. Uh, who you got winning it all? Uh, I've got Virginia winning, uh, winning it all in the East region. They're going to be playing Villanova. Uh, I like Villanova. <sighs> I just I don't love them. Yeah. I, I love Virginia. I like Villanova. So obviously you got to go with the team you love. Yeah, I got Virginia in there also. Who, who, who do you have playing in the Elite Eight? Though? Uh, Villanova. Mm-hmm. Villanova, Virginia in the Elite Eight to decide uh, who wins it all. No, take it back. I got Louisville. You got Louisville. I got Louisville. I got Louisville upsetting Villanova in the okay. Elite Eight. In the Sweet 16 to go to the Elite Eight. And then Louisville and Virginia playing one another. Okay, I see. I've got Villanova beating Louisville. Although, <clears throat> I had a little tough decision with that Northern Iowa team. Yeah. Northern <sighs> Iowa-Louisville, that's going to be a great game to it sit down be. and watch. Uh, so That might actually be my game to watch the in the bracket. All right. So, run through real quick your final four teams. <clears throat> Sorry about the cough. Um, my final four teams are uh, number one seed, Kentucky. Number one seed, Wisconsin. Number two seed, Virginia. And number two seed, Gonzaga. See, that's the thing that I, I, I hate my bracket right now. I've got to switch it up. I've got to make some type of changes because I just – two number ones and two number twos? Yeah. How is that? That's not going to work. I, the uh, the crazy the crazy the craziness that is March Madness. It's you coming. think that's and I it's think coming. that's gonna work? No, there's no darn way that's gonna work. So. It's coming. I mean, I'm not much better than you. I got uh, one seed Arizona, three seed Iowa State, 
one seed, well, no, two seed Virginia and seven seed Wichita State. In my See, final but you four. got that seven seed Wichita State, which which allows some craziness a little bit. <laughs> See, my bracket has like almost zero zero craziness unless you count the uh, Eastern Washington, which I'm going to change, and Stephen F. Austin twelve thirteen matchup. That's the only craziness I have, and I don't like that. Well, hey, I got to be more crazy with my bracket. But you don't you don't know crazy. where where the crazy is gonna come from. You never do. Boy, Boise State and Dayton that's an interesting playing game in and of itself. One of those teams can definitely knock off Providence. Uh-huh. And well, you're I'm... you're looking around. You got Georgia, Michigan State. That can be an upset. Uh, don't forget this Buffalo, West Virginia game to keep an eye on. Indiana could, as much as I like Wichita State, Indiana's one of those teams led by Yogi. Mm-hmm. If they get hot. There's no stopping them because they live for three-point shots. Yeah. They live and die by the three. Lead the nation in three-point attempts, three-point field goal percentage, the whole nine, man. They get hot. It's done. That's the beauty of that three-point line, and that's the beauty of a one-game tournament. Mm. That's that's why it's exciting. Yeah. The three-point line, in Josh Pastor's words, is the equalizer. So the, the ultimate equalizer. The ultimate equalizer. So it could be a big thing. You never know. I mean, Kansas could lose in the first round against uh, New, New Mexico, Mexico State. State. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it before. We've seen all of this stuff before. We've seen a team like Belmont knock off a team like Virginia. We've we've seen um, we've seen Georgia North State Dakota take maybe take on Gonzaga. We've seen uh, Georgia State beat a Baylor. You know, they only scored thirty eight points and won that conference championship game. Yeah. Thirty-eight to thirty-six. I mean, we've seen we've seen Harvard do some things. We have, so Harvard, we don't know. We don't, and that's the thing that scares me about March. <laughs> See, when, during bowl picking season, you have some ideas. You have more of ideas. There's not as much craziness normally. Well, it's who you? Th- there's some craziness, but in most point, who you think should win and who has the most momentum going into win will win. In college basketball, one player gets hot, one team gets hot, it could wreck everything. Yeah. Yeah, it could. But, hey, we gave you our picks. We want to hear from you. You can tell us your picks. Comment down below. Email us, Playing Hurt Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Conradicalness on Twitter and Instagram. Drew is dbarrett36 on Twitter. I got it, baby. What, what's my Instagram? dbarrett1512. No. What is it? dbarrett1236. 1236. Yeah. All right, Drew, before we go, you got something to say? Yeah. Uh, just wanted to remind you all about the Do It For Ben 5K. It w- It is coming up this Saturday, so if you have not registered, please go to register at Do It For Ben uh, dot com. You can register there. Uh, it will be held at Fayette Academy, which is at fifteen oh nine zero Highway sixty four, Somerville, Tennessee. Uh, all the money and proceeds go to benefit the Fayette Academy Athletic Booster Club. Uh, for any questions uh, about location, uh, registration, or anything, please contact uh, Ben Adair's uh, aunt, Mary Jo Sides, at 901-606-8929. That number again is 901-606-8929. Or email her at doitforben at aol.com. All right, party people. Hopefully you guys have a good bracket. It won't be better than ours, but hopefully it's up there. For Drew, I'm CJ. We'll talk to you next time. Have a wonderful and blessed day.